Hysteria is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And right now, you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, which I love. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Erin, I love my books. I love a flower that lasts forever, and my books arrangements really do last a full solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have some sitting on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for several days. And usually when I buy them at, like, the grocery store, they're sort of, like, starting to crap Fade. out pretty quickly. Yep. Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely, because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code hysteria. Books, promo code hysteria. Hello, you're about to hear a very special live episode featuring me, Alyssa, Kieran, Megan, Julissa, and the one and only Karen Bass. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. And I'm Alyssa Mastromonaco. Alyssa. Okay, Alyssa, I'm sorry. Does something feel like a little different to you this week? Do you mean that I can touch you? (laughs) We hugged earlier. We did hug. We kept that personal. Yeah. (laughs) Private. You know, it might be that you can touch me and that we're in a studio here live with 40 Hysteria Superfans. With makeup on? At SiriusXM. It might be that or it might be that I'm used to having a laptop. Okay, Alyssa, let's start the news with a word from a hysterical man. Oh, my favorite kind. Jared Kushner has an IQ of 70. He's coming to Miami. We will eject him from Miami very quickly. He'll be leaving very quick, very quickly, very quickly. He has 100 security guards. I'll have 5,000 security guards. You want to fight? Let's fight. Fuck you. Fuck you and your abortionist bitch daughter. Woo! Man, the only time we've ever agreed with Roger Stone. Uh, Roger, that was Roger Stone, fascism's Bozo the Clown, the Mr. Rogers of the Upside Down. This one is really mean, but I'm going to say it. A man whose head is shaped like his mother tried her hardest not to give birth to him. So, so vivid and so correct. I mean, wouldn't you? I I mean, I wouldn't. I'd have clenched. Not this guy. Um... Another thing about that clip, abortionist bitch daughter. That's she sounds too fucking cool she for her sounds own awesome. good. Yeah, I want to hang out with her. Nah, but we don't. No, because she's don't. an asshole. She's terrible. Okay. She's terrible. Okay. But you know what? That's the coolest she's ever sounded. So congratulations. That is the coolest she's ever sounded. Five thousand security guards in Miami. Okay, Roger. Okay, are they all unemployed real but estate agents? Jared is fine. <laughs> all right. Um. All right, let's get to topic one today. News? Yeah, news. Little news? Yeah, little news. 
Aaron, we are three weeks out from elections. The economy and inflation have become the dominant issues with a string of new polls. You know how we feel about polls saying that election, the election has been swinging to Republicans. Okay. Aaron, have we ever trusted polls? No, not at the state level. Have polls ever been right for us? No. I mean, yes, sort of. Not really. Well, I mean, okay, so here's the thing. We're seeing national polling about statewide elections. Yes. Which is like a useless way. It's, here's the thing. If you're going to tell us that women are now white independent in quotes because what's an independent white woman like what's an independent white woman it's a republican Republican who doesn't want to doesn't want to be shamed like that's a republican who's like pursuing a cable and they talk now they're like breaking news here it is in every newsletter you got the other day uh white women who define themselves as independent are breaking Republican. And what we want to know is, were they the same women that they surveyed months earlier? Like, who are these women? They mm-hmm. are Republican. I think that they're Republican. Also, you know, we've we've talked about this a little bit, but I think that you have to be it, it has been the storyline for the, the last few days that the election is breaking Republican yeah. based on national polls, which are kind of useless in determining how individual state races are going to turn out. Right. Yes. And then also it is a it feels to me like a lazy way for pundits who don't ever talk to anybody who makes less than six figures a year. Except pollsters. Except pollsters are able to exist in their like black cars to CNN studio, black cars home. Uh, they're able to like justify their own existence. It's they're not on the tr- ground. True. Because Aaron, last was it last year, the year before, you did an interview with Unsay Ufot. Mm-hmm. And nobody thought that we were going to have success in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And this what did she was, say? This was a week and a half before the Georgia right. special election. We all know how that went. Uh, and it was on a knife's edge at the time. No pundit was saying, no. oh, this is going to be something that two Democrats take. That no, they were really brave. They're like, maybe one. Yeah, they were. They 50%. were 50%. Right. They were like, who, who is that like pretty, pretty princess hair, racist Kelly, whatever her name was, who lost? You know what I'm talking about. Oh, that awful woman. Yeah. The I've woman already... that all the, the WNBA ejected from their Oh, yeah. Roster. They made her not. They're her? like, don't be our say her last name. It was Kelly with the blonde hair. Kelly something. Okay. Um, okay, so so around that time, we had Ense Ufat on, yep. on the show and I interviewed her and I asked her, truthfully, what do you think is going to happen with this election? And she was like, we're going to take them both. No hesitation. The difference between her and the people in studios in New York City is that that she was on the ground doing doing the work. She was on the ground doing the work and her work is more valuable than the work of people operating out of of studios in New York, D.C. So for the next couple of weeks, we're just going to kind of mute the polls. Exactly. And I feel as though, you know, a lot of our listeners are in places like Ohio, in places like Pennsylvania, Arizona. And those are places where hearing a national news story about things swinging back toward Republicans might feel discouraging. But like, do not feel discouraged no. because nothing matters until Election Day. Yep. That That is the Gotta only leave thing it all on the field. Yeah. And nice don't, little sports reference. Look, <laughs> I usually leave those to Aaron, but I decided to do it that today. Was a, that was a I went hole in ten. one. I went to Wisconsin. I can use a sports reference. That was a hole in one. Thank you. Um, okay. So yeah, nothing matters no. until election day. Nope. Um, let's get to Herschel Walker. Oh, that guy. Uh, 
He what is. What a wreck. Yeah. Herschel Walker, re- Republican Georgia Senate candidate and repeated head injury recipient, Herschel Walker. Uh, in an interview with NBC News, he finally acknowledged that the $700 check that he sent to a woman for an abortion was his check but it was not for an abortion. No, it was for a child that would be conceived two years later. Oh, right. Yeah, it was child support that Correct. would be conceived for a child that would be conceived in the future. That's what, that's the kind of leadership you need in the Senate is the guy who <laughs> knows about the, uh, the con- conception of a child in the future. Um, but in a Jerry Springer move, NBC presented Walker with a copy of the check along with a receipt from the medical center in Georgia where the woman had the procedure. It, it doesn't matter whether it's my signature or not, Walker said before examining the document with reading glasses on it on and concluding, yes, that's my check. Um, okay. Yeah. Aiding and abetting. Let's pivot to another race in Georgia. Georgia is just hot topics. A lot going on there. But listen, listen, Georgia, none of these people who are here in the studio with us are in Georgia, but Georgia, you could have, if you're listening, you could have Stacey Abrams. So... Awesome. You could have Stacey Abrams She's as your governor. 10 out of 10, one of the smartest people on the planet. Yeah. Huge nerd. Best nerd. Also, AKA Selena Montgomery. Oh, yeah. Romance novelist. Romance novelist. Successful. I mean, talk about a polymath. Novelist. She can do everything. Incredible. Incredible. But. What's important is, you know, in addition to the fact that she's a great candidate, she's running against a terrible person. A real dum-dum. Brian Kemp, who is responsible for signing the state's active six-week abortion ban. Six-week, by the way, six-week abortion is like, is, you don't even know no. you're pregnant in a lot of cases, especially if you're like, your period's weird. It's like, you don't even know you're pregnant. So he signed a six-week abortion ban, but he announced that he would be open to a ban on destroying embryos created for in vitro fertilization. Thanks, Brian Kemp. So that would affect How are his eggs being fertilized? I don't want to... No. I know. I had to. I had to. It's gross. But but here's the thing. If a... Oh, I'm sorry. I stole your... Here's the thing. We're becoming the same person and I love it. Sorry to your husband again. (laughs) (laughs) So here's a... Like destroying... Making a ban on destroying IVF-generated embryos would severely impede people's ability to access fertility support. Right. And if that becomes something that is legal and upheld, that is going to make having a family the way that you want way more difficult. Here's the problem with all of these nuts, right? What's the solution? Are you saying that you have to have them all implanted? Do they have to go to the highest bidder? Like what happens to them? I think we should let them vote. If they're people, let the embryos vote. If they're people, let them vote. Oh, good for you. Take a quick break. You okay? Okay. But should we get you in a chair? Yeah. Okay. Hey, you know what? Just pop a squat on the steps. Yeah. Oh no, here's We're a good. new chair. We got a new chair coming right now. See, this is the See, magic. See, we made them laugh so hard they recording. broke the chair. Yeah. This is the magic of recording things and being able. Don't to Don't you them. dare cut this from the show. Also. These are the special moments that as live audiences, you get to see. You get to see chairs break. It's amazing. Yeah, it's great. So Brian Kemp is not the only Republican who believes that IVF is something that needs to be in the crosshairs. New Hampshire Senate nominee. I'm not going to remember how to pronounce his name because he's not worth it. No. Don Bolduck. Bolduck. That terrible name. Terrible name. But he's a he, gremlin. He is he has also suggested limiting IVF, just you know, just to reiterate, a vote for a Republican for any office is a vote 
to ban abortion and severely restrict people's ability to control their fertility. Their body. Anything. Yep. So yep. it's thanks. garbage. Garbage. So and what is what is wait, what is the state motto of New Hampshire? Live free or die. Oh yeah. That's free. Why not both? Live free and, and die. die. All well, right. Aaron, we have a little good news. That's great. A little good news, good. you guys. Good news for penis havers. <laughs> okay, they wrote this because they didn't think I'd say it because I'm a prude, but I said it because it's funny. <laughs> good news for penis havers and the people to sleep with them. 60 vasectomies will be offered over three days in and outside. Outside? In and outside. Wait, who's getting a vasectomy outside? And I don't why? know. It's a vasectomy al fresco at the Planned Parenthood <laughs> Clinic in St. Louis, Springfield, Missouri, and Joplin, Missouri to uninsured patients during the first week of November amid what the clinics say is a surge in demand for the procedure. Hmm, mobile spay neuter clinic. I'm just. <laughs> Trap and release, baby. <laughs> Dr. Esker Garin then plans to make his mobile clinic a vehicle decorated with large images of sperm that his friends have jokingly dubbed the Nutcracker. That is bolded on our cards, by the way. It is bolded. And just, you know, we find these stories, but they bolt them. That was an editorial choice by Crooked Media to make Uh, sure we said the Nutcracker. The Nutcracker. On the road the following week to offer 40 more free vasectomies in several towns across Iowa. The efforts are part of World Vasectomy Day. If you didn't know, now you know. Originally a single-day event that now includes a year-round focus and host of activities in November. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know what? I feel like a vasectomy is almost as romantic, if not more, than a piece of jewelry. I mean, for the one you love. If your family is complete, might as well just get a vasectomy for Go Christmas. Go to Vasectomy Al Fresco <laughs> in Joplin, Missouri. Like the he went to Jared as someone opening a book, <laughs> like a jewelry case, and inside is like a tiny scissors. Little scissors. It's like, sweetie, snip, I snip, did it. I did it snip, for you. Snip. I did it for you. Okay, well, that's all the time for news we have this okay. week. Okay. Let's take a quick break when we come back and interview with a very special guest. Mm. We are so excited to welcome our next guest back on the show for the third time. Three-timer. Kind of an elite group. Very elite group. I think there's only a few people who are three-timers. And only one four-timer. One four-timer. So challenge. Challenged. Issue. Challenged. Um, She is the first black woman to lead any state legislature nationwide. She currently represents California's 37th district. She is the chair of the Congressional Black Caucus and one of the most effective and impactful legislators in D.C., not to editorialize. I mean, but it's our show. But it's our show. So we can say whatever we want. She has spent her career fighting for justice and opportunity for all with a track record of delivering results. And now she's running to be mayor of Los Angeles, Karen Bass. Welcome to Hysteria. We've had you on this show. This is the third time. This is our first time hugging. What a nice, what a nice welcome. I know. That's right. (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's just get right to it. Sure. So what is at stake in this race both locally, statewide, and nationally? And why should people all over the country be paying attention to the mayoral race in Los Angeles? Well, I believe in Los Angeles, we're in a fight for the soul of our city. 
And I'm so concerned, you know, L.A. is a progressive, democratic city. But if we learned anything during the Trump years, you can't take it for granted. And I don't want to see our city move backwards and move in a conservative direction. But everybody's so freaked out over the homeless issue that we could do that. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think it's important locally and then in terms of nationally, because we have to make sure that our blue areas stay blue. So, yes. There is a direct correlation between how expensive it is to live here and how many people don't have places to live. That's right. How are you going to make L.A. a city that middle-income families or even families that don't have generational wealth don't have to flee? How are you going to help people on the brink of becoming homeless? Absolutely. Well, first of all, there's a lot of people that we moved off the street during COVID because we had extra money. That money's running out. Mm-hmm. I'm worried we're going to have another spike So we have to extend that money. But we do have to build housing in Los Angeles. And the way I think we can do it quickly is the city, the state, the federal government, they own a lot of land. Mm -hmm. So why can't we build first where the land is already owned? How is your approach different from your opponent, Rick Caruso? Well, what he is proposing, I believe, is a throwback to the past. 30,000 shelter beds. We know shelter beds might where you begin, but that's not where you end, and he's not proposing anything afterwards. I believe that his proposal will essentially lead to criminalizing the poor because he's saying, if I offer you a shelter bed, you got to go. Right. Mm -hmm. And we know now people are refusing to go to shelters because they don't feel they're safe. And when COVID, don't you think we got to come up with something better? He's also talking about sleeping pods. I don't know what a sleeping, a sleeping pod? I don't know. I don't want to oh, be no. I don't want to sleep in that. Nobody I, wants to sleep in that. I don't think so. Yeah. Okay, so these last couple of weeks, LA has been in the news for the shockingly racist language bandied about when four city council members thought nobody was listening. Clearly, there are some deep-seated issues in the city. Anti-blackness, cronyism, homophobia, corruption. Otherwise, the leak conversation would never have happened so brazenly. So what steps need to be taken in order to heal those wounds in L.A.? And why are you uniquely positioned to take on this challenge? Well, one, I've been building coalitions across race, class, geography and ideology for decades. And I reject the notion that as awful as those tapes are, I do not believe that those tapes set back race relations 20 years or 10 years. It's like all the work we've been doing for decades got deleted. Mm -hmm. So let me just tell you what I'm doing. Mm. We're going to launch an effort on Thursday that's calling for citywide conversations, looking at structural racism, looking at inequities, and having conversations that would lead to very specific changes in public policy. We have structural inequality, inequity in the city, and it needs to be addressed. For example, you can't just divide the pie up by 15. Mm -hmm. There are some areas that need more services, more attention. And I think that whenever you have a crisis like this, there's always an opportunity and we have to pull the opportunity out of it. So did you find the contents of that leaked recording surprising? Well, I not listen, not just surprising. It was devastating personally. Mm-hmm. I know those four people. Mm-hmm. One, uh, Gil Cedillo, who refuses to resign. I've known him for 40 years. Mm. You know, uh, Nuri Martinez and Ron Herrera, I haven't known as long. Those two individuals endorsed me. Mm-hmm. Gil endorsed uh, Caruso and Kevin DeLeon hadn't taken a position. Kevin and I have known each other for uh, close to 20 years. Have you talked about it with any of them? I did. I have talked to both Nuri and Ron. Um, I've not talked to Kevin and Gil. And, you know, needless to say, they were very 
you know, remorseful, mm-hmm. but uh, there are consequences. Mm-hmm. You can't take it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds like a, a tough conversation to have with somebody who you've, you've known for that long. Uh, if the Nuri Martinez comments were LA city government at its worst, and you wanted to point somebody to LA government at its best, what would you point to? Well, you know, again, I think our our years and years of racial solidarity and understanding each other's communities and working together. I mean, 30 years ago, I started Community Coalition in South Central. The Latino population was very small then. We built that organization consciously as an African-American Latino organization. And we raised two generations of young people who are steeped in their history and understand who they are and understand the solidarity. They were raised that way. That's how I was raised. You know, I grew up during tumultuous times, and I always viewed myself as an internationalist. I always identified with people's struggles around the world and people's struggles around the country. And we functioned that way. That's We used different language. I mean, we called it third world unity at the time. Now it's called multiculturalism. Hmm. But hmm. but it was how I was raised. And so it was very important to me to contribute to raising another generation with those same set of values. Your opponent thinks that the future of Los Angeles is inevitably tied to the future of the entertainment industry. Would you characterize the city's future the same way? No, I think the future of Los Angeles is tied to its people. (laughs) Its people, not one industry over another. What's the first thing you're going to do as mayor? Oh, no question. State of emergency. We got to get people off the street. You know, I mean, three or four of them didn't wake up this morning. Mm. That's why I decided not to run again for Congress. It wasn't I was tired of Congress. I'm giving up everything because that's how important and serious I think the situation is. And I just don't want to see people locked up again the way they were locked up in the 90s when we refused to address a health crisis, then it was addiction. We refused to address a social and an economic crisis, it was gang violence. And we criminalized it. And I can see that coming back again. It's a really bad movie and I don't want to see it repeated. You have always been a progressive voice as a public servant, but you're also somebody who's famously well-liked by people at all points on the political spectrum. So who's somebody that you've worked with successfully that has been your most surprising ally? Um, I think one uh, ally I work with, (laughs) especially in this moment of of Roe, who is, you know, just passionately against a woman's right to choose. And uh, we've worked together for 12 years on human trafficking. Hmm. You know, I mean, I believe my eyes are on the prize and I will ally with anybody on a certain issue. Now, obviously, I'm not going to ally with him on that issue. Mm -hmm. But if he wants to work together on human trafficking, that's what we'll do. His name is Chris Smith. He's a congressman from uh, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Kevin McCarthy is another one. You know, he's helped me. We we knew each other in Sacramento. And when he was in charge, when we were in the minority, he's helped me get things done. And like I said, by any means necessary, eyes on the prize. I don't have a problem working with people, which is kind of weird because, you know, I come home and, 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 and then watch him on Fox and go, oh, my God. <laughs> do you ever do you ever text him? Are you ever like Kevin? Yes. W.I.D. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Especially during Trump's presidency. I'm like, give me a break. You know, <laughs> you know this guy's crazy. <laughs> Well, an interesting, interesting tidbit there. Um, okay, so Alyssa's not from L.A. I live in L.A. I am not from L.A. Alyssa does not live in L.A. So let, let's say that Alyssa was your guest coming from out of the city. 
What is your favorite thing to do in LA? What would you take Alyssa to do? Well, you know what I do when people come from out of town? We go to the beach. (gasps) Venice Beach. Venice Beach. I love a beach. I do too. Especially with SPF. Venice is like, (laughs) Venice is like, you know, it's kind of like its own little world. And uh, bike riding, I also love to do and take somebody on a bike ride uh, um, on the beach is my favorite thing to do. Interesting. So if you were, this is like not on the cards, but if you were mayor, would you make it easier to ride a bike in the city? Yes. (laughs) Yes. And and let me just tell you, I ride on the beach because I don't want to ride in traffic. That that, (laughs) that little white line doesn't get it for me. (laughs) Every time I see somebody riding a bike, I'm like, you, sir, are taking your, or ma'am, are taking your life into your own hands. And I applaud you for your bravery. Um, Karen Bass. Thank you so much Thank for joining you. us. Thank you for becoming having me a member on again. of the Three Pete Club, and we look forward to you becoming a member of the Four Pete Club. After I do too. You are elected mayor. Thank you so much. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, personal political. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix zero-sugar hydration drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe mushroom coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I, I just like, I, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast, no dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito... (laughs) <laughs> not not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ bar's ultimate sampler pack. That's seven IQ bars, four IQ mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount, text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This episode of Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Need the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift? Check out Viore Performance Apparel. Drawing inspo from the coastal California lifestyle, Viore's products inspire others to live vibrant, active lives. I love that they're calling this the coastal California lifestyle. I will embrace that instead of what I thought it was, which was the I only want to wear comfortable clothes lifestyle. 
Yeah. I have to. I refuse to be uncomfortable I refu- if I want to be productive. I refuse <laughs> to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle, which is like yeah. Viore is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, Erin, the women's performance joggers. They have a slim but relaxed fit and are designed with dream knit stretch fabric. I love my joggers. I've slept in mine. I've slept in them. Really? You don't get hot? No. They're very, like, on a a couch nap. You know, you have, like, a, oh yeah. you've got, like, maybe a half an hour in the afternoon. You're like, ooh, I've got a, like, small break. I'm very tired. I'm going to just, like, lay down for 20 minutes. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect for couch napping. Joggers. I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you probably could. Just put yeah, a, a totally. blazer in. Like, denim shirt. Denim, denim shirt, oh, blazer, yeah. leggings. So easy. 100%. And, of course, the men's core shorts. They have a classic athletic fit falling just above the knee while the Sunday performance joggers are made from recycled performance stretch fabric. I got my dad some men's core shorts. He wears them to mow the lawn. It's perfect. He is. Like, I think my my dad is one of those people that just, like, beats the crap out of his clothes. He'll wear them until they're... They look like a security blanket that a 30-year-old yep. still has where it's just like a ball of string and you're like, um, Our dads are the same. Yeah, yeah. But um, my dad has had his for like a couple years now. And I think I, I saw him wearing them the other week when I met up with um, family on a, on a short weekend trip. And they still looked great. It was like, Dad, your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy. Viore is offering Hysteria listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Guys, it's been a rough year. It's going to get rougher, and you deserve a little treat for not going insane yet. You could head to the local tiki bar and tell the bartender, do your worst. But we have a better idea for you, which is pick out something from the Crooked store. The store is stocked with tons of new merch. It's perfect for the spring. And classics like the Friend of the Pod tees that you'll be wearing long after the next administration or the next fascist dictatorship, depending on how things go. Pick up a new tee for the warm weather ahead, a mug that'll remind you to stay involved this election year, or a hat celebrating your favorite pod. Go to crooked.com slash store to shop. And welcome back to Hysteria. The show that all of the neighborhood kids are afraid of all year, but then on Halloween actually gives out the best candy. Yes. Full size. Okay, so Alyssa, let's let's segue into our topic today. Okay. Alyssa, you're married. I would am. You, would you call your husband a wife guy? No. Why not? Because... He's very low key because he's got a secret family. He probably going back to Jerry Springer as referenced earlier. No, I'm just kidding. He gets too tired. He would never have a second family. Um, No, definitely not. He's too. uh, He's just like he's like, yeah, I love my wife. She's great. But 
He doesn't even have an Instagram account. Oh, How right. can he be a wife guy if he's not posting my awesomeness? That's true. And we're going to get more into the wife guy topic with this wonderful panel oh. of experts on not having wives. None of you have wives. <laughs> uh, first up, you can see her on Amazon show NFL Pylon on October 27th. That's awesome. Mm. Okay. That's so exciting. <laughs> She also hosts two podcasts, I Love a Lifetime Movie, and Megan Fun of Sports. Folks, she's great at talking. It's Megan Gailey. So happy to have you live. I'm thrilled to be here live. This is like so, I feel like I'm hallucinating. I know it really does. Well, and when I got here, I go, oh, these people, is there something else happening? And they were like, (laughs) this is for hysteria. Yeah. At 4 p.m.? I know. God bless this town. Indeed. Uh, next up, if you don't already have a copy of You Sound Like a White Girl, The Case mm. for Rejecting Assimilation, what are you even doing? What have you done? What have you done? It's out now wherever you get books. Julissa Arce, welcome to Hysteria. Hi. I'm so excited to be here, and I'm really excited to see everybody's full body. <laughs> not, not just our like, heads? Yeah, not just Boobies the head up? and the shoulders. Yeah, it, it feels great. It feels weird to be wearing shoes while I'm recording. I haven't worn shoes talking to you guys in two and a half years. <laughs> Whoa, no feet on Maine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> right. And rounding out this group, you can see her in New York City this Friday, October 21st at the boop, Ainsworth boop. in Chelsea for a Diwali celebration. Then she will be off to the UK headlining at the Soho Theater January 24th to the 28th. It's Kieran Deal. Kieran! Hi. This whole crowd is coming, right? If you can make it at 4 We're p.m. All flying yeah. up to New York. Today, you're all coming to New York, right? I love that they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, okay, we've, we've got like a Batman-style plane that is like a Hysteria-branded plane, and we're all getting on. No, well, we're not. Okay. But that would Someday be cool. we will. I, did you see my face go... <laughs> like I believed you. I just wanted. I thought. See, I thought Alyssa was. I thought she was five eleven. I thought did. she was. I thought she towered it's like a so colossus mean. astride an empire. She literally the the widest eyes you've ever seen. I thought you were five eleven. Like, <laughs> did I you read any of my books? <laughs> it's just like I just thought. I just you know. And then she's like, "Well, you're a Smurf." <laughs> I did not say that. I said it. She <laughs> she meant it. She meant it. Oh, man. Um, Well, Megan, let's get started with you. What is a wife guy? Let's define what a wife guy is before we get into it. And what are are, like the defining characteristics? And do you know of any like famous wife guys? Gosh, I wish that wife guy didn't have a negative connotation now because I actually think it's quite lovely. Um, I... I do think my husband is a wife guy. He did not cry enough when I walked down the aisle. <laughs> like he cried way more when I gave birth. And I said, that energy, you know, could have been in Palm Springs. Uh, <laughs> but um, he, yeah, there obviously we're talking about this because the really famous wife guys have fallen. But even when I saw people say Adam Levine was, it was like, no. Was no, it? Was no, that's, I find that to be absurd. So what's the difference between like an, like a legit wife guy and like an Adam Levine? I think dorks. Um, <laughs> so I, by definition, I'm not saying that. I'm married, I'm married to a dork, like a hot dork. But it's like Adam Levine. It's like, that's not a wife guy. Like if you have neck tattoos, I don't put you in 
in dork category. Um, that's, I'm sorry, I do. Yes, well, but that's how, that's how we're different. Uh, and that's what makes the world go round. But if you're, if you're performing at the Super Bowl halftime show, not well, might I add. Uh, not well. You're not, that's not like, what a stand-up guy. Like, it's just, it's like you're, you're on a different plane. But then that, that BuzzFeed man, I see him, I see the glasses, I see the pants, I go, yeah, that's a dork. So that's a dork that I'm sure does worship his wife. And it is phony because there is a phoniness to that. Even when my husband is being very kind to me, we were doing an NBA fantasy draft yesterday. And in the chat, he goes, I wish I could draft my wife. (laughs) Can you dunk? You can't dunk. No, he, he, and then he goes, cause she's so great. Like, like I, he's like, you're better than Russell Westbrook. And it's like, "Mm, low bar, um, (laughs) who I love, who I love. But it's like, even when he's being kind to me, it's with a wink. And if it was sincere, I'd be like, you are cheating on me. (laughs) Um, Jaleesa, I would love to hear your definition of wife guy. So I have to be honest, when I first heard this term wife guy, I had no idea what it was. So I had to like go look it up. And according to the internet, a wife guy is someone who is like over the top showing love for his wife. And it's not actually about showing love to his wife, but about showing love about his wife to the public so that people can think better of him. So it's actually nothing to do about love to his wife, you know, for his wife. So that's the way I understand. So like performative. Performative. Okay. Yes. Okay. Kieran, anything to add to the definition? It's like the virtue signaling of um, love. Um, Yeah, I have something to add. So Megan Gailey, this happened years ago. I'm not even sure you were married at the time. Are you going to say I didn't answer your FaceTime again? (laughs) No, it was a phone call, first of all. And do you know what she said? And like, I'll never forget it. She looked me straight in the face as we were waiting for the elevators. And she goes, only my mother calls me. And then she just walked into the elevator and like left me there. And I was like, wow, I want to be her friend. Still hasn't happened. Devastating. Um, no, I'm joking. But CJ was on a podcast with uh, Hassan mm-hmm. Minaj, and he said something like, oh, you got to get you a wife like Megan Gailey. Some sort of a really overt compliment about how amazing you are. And the other comedians like clapped and they were like, oh, you did so good. Like impressing <laughs> your wife. So like, I don't think CJ's a, a wife guy, but I have witnessed as a third party uh-huh. his internet affection for you. And I'm honestly very impressed. Is, <laughs> is there anything more performative than a podcast? I just, I, I honestly, she I think when touched. any is professing love for anyone, I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> so you know? Fernando does have an Instagram and like he used to post other things and then the last like four years since we've been married, every single one of his posts is a picture of me. <laughs> like for my birthday or for anniversary. And that's usually that's the only time he posts is to wish me a happy birthday, which which he wishes me in person, too. But I think it's right. I, which I is important. His, which is important. If not, why it's important. Right. Yes. But I looked at his sister and I was like, mm, you got to start posting more. Like it can't just be pictures of me. That's weird. <laughs> um, Alyssa, you and I were talking about this topic and we were like, you know, there are some celebrity wife guys who have been in the news like Adam Levine, debatable wife guy status. Right. Uh, the try guy guy who I refuse to learn his name yeah. because... Ned? No, correct. Ned? Not Ned Flanders, a different Ned. Whatever. Uh, John Mulaney, you know. Uh, Wife guy. Right. 
But you mentioned when we were talking about this, the ultimate wife guy, and I would love to hear you guys. I think that Bill Clinton is the ultimate oh, wife guy. No, it no. Is. I was going to say Barack Obama. <laughs> See, but, but he never, he is. But I'm, what about no, John Legend? I meant in like a good way. I meant in like a good, oh, I like meant, good I meant, guy. yes. Like, no, in a good way. Yes. I feel like Bill okay. Clinton, whenever he gets in trouble, he's like, my wife is amazing. Yeah. My wife, my wife is amazing. My Hillary wife. is incredible. My wife. My wife. My wife. My wife. My oh, wife. it's she's to, here to play she's a still saxophone. My wife. Is the most wife guy thing you could do? Is, oh, really? Yeah, playing the saxophone. Yes, absolutely. More wife it's, guy than. And other. I don't even know if it's real life or just all of the Hulu, Netflix, etc. shows I've watched about mm-hmm. them. But I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like every time he's in trouble, he's like, "My oh, wife is amazing." <laughs> <laughs> Hillary is so smart. She is smarter than me, and I'm like. I think he's the ultimate. If you're using your wife to get out of your own trouble, I think that's the wife guy. Ah, it's like the guy that uses the wife as like an accessory and a shield. Accessory, shield, etc. Trying to be like, you can't hate me because I love my wife. <laughs> so, uh, Megan, what do you make of cheating news when it's like a wife guy? Like, a, I think John Mulaney was real, really the tip of the spear. Here. Yes. And and I go back to my original point, kind of a door, you know, like he's in the suits and he's like, ah, I'm new in town or whatever. And so <laughs> and so then you're like, oh, my God. And she's so I, we do start to go. She's so cool. She makes lamps and her hair. And so it's like, how could he that it it ends up hurting us more as opposed to remember when Sandra Bullock was married to <gasps> that chopper man that Jesse guy you're yes. like he's yes he's and we were all like Sandra what are you doing it's like yeah that it's the it's that the was... antithesis of that of like we just expect you marry these nice guys I'm putting quotes for those listeners at home you marry these nice guys and you go well to some extent and I'm not saying anyone's settled but you go I'm I'm I've taken myself out of the fear of cheating and now you're telling me I could have been with an NBA player. And, you know, like, <laughs> I, I think John Mulaney and right. has the same fate. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Um, Julius, the same question. What do you make of it when, like, a famous wife guy who's, like, profited off of him talking about his wife, what do you make of it when you find out that they've been cheating? I mean, I don't, like, pay it so much attention to it because I just think, I think that's the problem. I think the problem is that we look at this wife, guys, and, like, the things they say about their wives and the things they post about their wives. And then, you know, you look at your own husband and you're like, <laughs> how come you're not saying this shit about me? Yeah. You know, where are my, where are my room full of flowers, you know, for my birthday? Like, post that picture, you yeah. know? Um, and so I think that's kind of, the, I think that's the problem is that we look at these things on Instagram, we look at the celebrities, look at their lives or what they show us about their lives and think, oh, that's what we should, that's what becomes kind of like our dream or reality or, you know, what we want our reality to be or our goals. And then when they cheat, then then you think, you know, I have had this thought when I see people cheating and think, oh my God, if Shakira got cheated yes, on. Yes, exactly. Like, what fucking chance do I have, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But then I'm like, well, but I'm married to this wonderful man who would never mm-hmm. because he knows what would happen. <laughs> um, that <laughs> was threatening. <laughs> Your voice dropped like six octaves. <laughs> um, Kieran... Same question for you. Like, what do you make of stories when you find out that those guys have cheated? I I see it as like they, I am vicariously looking at other people's love to experience love through the internet. 
<laughs> okay. So then it's like that. I think the disappointment comes from it's like, you know, we all grew up with romantic comedies, whatever. And it's to me, it's like the new real life romantic comedy. And it's like you see, oh, but this is a real guy who's like nice and he does all this nice stuff for his wife. What a great guy. And then he he shatters that illusion. And you're like, oh, yeah, I live on Earth <laughs> and it sucks here. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's what I would that's what I would offer. What have you guys seen like ever an ex like as an ex of yours ever? posted um and they're so happy with someone else and it makes you livid i i'm insulted that you're like have you ever seen that <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> i have a scrapbook of it yeah, um, yeah. yeah. i mean it's Karen, it's my second book. it's olivia rodrigo deja vu it's like yep yeah, okay i know your tricks that well, movie theater the worst is when you see your ex post a picture of his new life and then just like a day ago, they DM'd you. <gasps> oh, what? That, see, that is that peak is wife, wife guy behavior. That, yes. Yeah. That, that is, is peak wife guy behavior. That's what it's all about. I've yeah. heard. I've heard that happens. <laughs> so you don't know for sure. So like you've just heard. <laughs> Hard. Well, I was going to ask one more thing. There's this other question of like, did you hear about those cases on TikTok of where like some women were getting razzed and so they were like, I'm going to go after your husband yes. and get into their DMs? Oh my God. I help. went down such a rabbit hole. I had no idea of, of those. This. Yes. Okay. So Kieran, you can explain. I mean, I, I brought my phone for exactly this purpose because it was like, <laughs> I, you know, and also to be rude to all of you. Um, if I got in the case, I got bored. But it's like... Um, Girls enlist me to perform loyalty tests on their boyfriends. I don't charge, but I could make up to 1,400 pounds a week. And then there was another woman. The Brits. This was a whole episode of 90 Day Fiance. Yeah. So it's like, it's entrapment. Yes. It's okay. entrapment. It's basically like a woman who was doing like adult, like, uh, you know, things like she had her OnlyFans account. Women are shaming her. She's like, okay, great. I'm going to come after your husband. I'm going to find him. I'm going to DM him. And like, let's see out of these five men, how many of them get back to me. And I think it was something like two out of four or two out of five responded to her. And like, this was like the vigilante justice moment. So the question is, is anyone loyal? And and I follow that up with, is any man as good as the woman he's with? No. <laughs> so, so it's always unjust to cheat. It's always Shakira. And it may be... You are the Shakira may, of your yes, relationship. It's a Shakira in Toledo, yes. Ohio, but she is still Shakira to whatever lump of skin she is married yeah. to. That potato. Wow. A potato. Uh, Idaho potato. A so russet. I think, a I think russet. we're sort of getting into something that's like kind of as... It's sort of as though wife guys are presenting themselves as a product. And then when they cheat, you're like, this product doesn't work. It's fraudulent. Fake, yeah. Fake it, advertising. Exactly. And and it seems like they profit off of the image of being married. And it's more about like getting like accolades for being like I a good I love my dude. wife. Yeah. <laughs> the accent's getting better. I love her. It took it took a little bit of vodka and it's coming. It's coming. Um, Alyssa, I feel like DC is a is a city rife with I love wife wife. No, I mean it's cuz Bill Clinton was like was and is a great politician. Well, isn't I can't believe I'm going to say this. Isn't like Joe Biden kind of the ultimate wife guy? Oh, yeah, boy. but like in a good way. Like I mean I'm not saying he is he's 10 out of 10. He's great. He's our president. <laughs> I'm just saying. But like he loves 
he the, his public displays of affection towards his wife are extreme. They're not as big as like Al and Tipper Gore. That was gross. That was I don't want to see tongues ever. That was gross. And they got divorced. And they got divorced. So do you think wife guys are like destined for a divorce? I think it's like a high likelihood hmm. that if because if the if the through line of the wife guy is that their affection and admiration is performative. Mm-hmm. Mm, I mean, there's an expiration date then. Right. I think. Right. When's Bill's coming? <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't it, though? <laughs> um, Just kidding. I'm going to get ratioed so bad. <laughs> Nobody tweet. Nobody, Nobody tweet, tweet ever. this. I don't um, want, I don't want the, I don't want, I don't want it. Um, Julissa, do you think that there's, uh, there are similarities between like the wife guy and the mommy blogger who represents her life as perfect? Oh my God. A hundred percent. You know what, actually what it made me think about was, um, this woman, this, um, YouTuber who had adopted a child, um, um, I don't remember. Is it Alaria Baldwin? No. (laughs) (laughs) We could do a whole show on her. Yes. We could. We could. Um, So she adopted this kid who um, was autistic. And for a while, her whole YouTube channel was about how she was a mom to this adopted kid who was autistic. And then she gave the kid back. I remember yeah. this story. Yeah. Oh, she said she called it rehoming the kid. Rehoming. Yes. Like it was a like it was a pet. Like it was a pet. And and I just think, you know, it was like so awful, but so indicative of so that performance of wanting to be like, look with this great thing that I'm doing. Clap for me. Love me. You know, look at my videos. Let me make a ton of money off of this kid. Right. Because she was sponsored by like a bunch yes. of brands. Yes. Yeah. So she was making tons of money and then gave this kid back. And I feel like that's that's sort of like similar to this wife guy who's like look at me I love my wife and I buy her flowers and and I adore her and I say these really nice things about her but then like secretly while I'm posting this I'm over here smooshing with my coworker, you know and like cheating on her and I think it's sort of like the same thing I I don't to me just feels weird to sort of um, again like just like present your life as though it's like perfect Mm -hmm. because it just gives unrealistic life expectations to people right it's like people want credit for things that they haven't done by just performing it in public rather than actually doing it in private. And it feels kind of like a ripoff. Megan, it looks like you're thinking. Well, it's definitely mm. like, <laughs> it's definitely it to your, what you're saying. It's talking the talk and not walking the walk. What I guess is also upsetting, though, is that 50% of marriages do end in divorce. So whether you're a wife guy or not, your shots are bleak. So, and I guess that is to what that woman did. I don't know what the crime is, but let's lock her up. Uh, <laughs> and then clip what I just said and put it right after all of Alyssa's. And then, but also, but like, so there's all of these lifestyle bloggers and people that make money. And the reality is half of them are going to get divorced. And we're going to say, oh, is it because you had too much shiplap? Is it because you did? <laughs> you shiplap? had that What shiplap? You, oh, oh girl. watch HGTV. <laughs> Somebody like, literally if, said, excuse me. Think if, Ch- think if Chip and Joanna got divorced, the country would fall apart. Uh, and so talk about a split level. I was saying, my talk heart about it to my stomach because I thought you were saying Chip and Joanna got divorced. No, and I was like, what? No, like, you're like, hell we no. Are so they in- just had baby crew. What? We are so invested. But then you go, oh my God, they have so many animals. They can't maintain that. Like I see 
we see these couples that we're invested in that we don't know and go, look, that's a bad sign. That it's like the, the reality is we've all got a coin flip shot, whether he posts too much on, on Instagram or not. I said Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> What's bad is my husband is trying to sell me on Amazon. Um, nice guy. Well, the opposite of that is like a Donald Trump type figure where he's always like, look at this thing I got, you know, and it's like totally this different than it, it piece of ass. Yeah, he clearly doesn't respect his wife whatsoever. And so and he doesn't make any effort to hide that. And so when it comes out Not that he guy. like cheated on her when she was postpartum You're with like, an adult entertainer, it's like, yeah, sure. He did. Of course he did. Of course he did. That's how that's the expectation he set. And up. some people go refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> so wife guy versus trophy wife. Right. It's Holder. like tr- wife guy versus trophy wife guy. Trophy wife guy, yeah. Like, and one version of it is like shocking when they cheat, and the other one is like, oh, yeah, of course. Of course you did. That totally happened. Um, Okay, one more question to round out this segment. Um, Do you think that the judgment and like kind of borderline glee around when wife guys cheat, what do you you think that comes from? Why do you think that there's sort of a gleeful public consumption of stories of like John Mulaney or like, Ned, Mr. Tryman Jones. Uh, Why do you think people are so fascinated with the cheating of it? I think we're happy when things that are too good to be true end up being too good to be true because it makes us go, oh, okay, then my life is fine. Yeah, my life is fine. Yeah, yeah, because that was fake. Exactly. <laughs> so do we think that Hugh Jackman and his wife are fake? Because no. I'm, and I'm only asking that as a... Uh, I'm only, uh, that's the same, that's a, that is the same person who yelled at me about the shiplap thing. <laughs> just to be clear. Just to be clear. It is the same person. Full eye contact. It's intimidating. Um, um, I'm, what happened I'm, with Hugh Jackman? Well, he's... No, I'm just saying like that's... <laughs> That's a that's really? a like what? I went down that rabbit hole of like a perfect relationship. Like my mother loves Pierce Brosnan because like as she's his the favorite bond because he goes when the wife was like sick with cancer, kitten, she took care of him, you know? And so it's like <laughs> she sees that as an extension of the man that she wants in her life. And yes. so now she's putting him on a pedestal to aspire to it. I went down the rabbit hole of like the Hugh Jackman thing, this relationship with a woman who's like thirteen to fifteen years his senior. Right. They've been together. She missed a meal with Mick Jagger to party with Mick Jagger so that she could hang out with Hugh Jackman on their first dinner party date. They got married in like three months and they've been together for 25 and they, years. they co-parent. They co-parent. They're through. I mean, it's spectacular. I didn't even know that human happiness on this level was possible. I'm going to be <laughs> honest with you. I, I, I spent hours yesterday, guys, on their relationship, which might explain the trouble in my relationship. Is, yeah. I, I think the reason we like go down this rabbit hole is for the same reason that that Dahmer show is number one on Netflix. Racism? Like, this Have you seen my Instagram about this show? I am so troubled by it being number one. Yeah, it's like number one. First, like the, the, the I think it's a show that most people have ever watched on Netflix about yeah. this like serial killer. And I think it's like the same reason. We're just like sick people. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, Check. like watching like best, that shit happen. Best answer. Best answer. I thought you were going to say like voyeurism or like an interest in the psychology. You're just like, no, we're fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) That's as good a note as any to end on. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're doing a special segment because we've got a live audience here called Fight Club. (laughs) 
All right, folks. It's October, aka spooky season, and as self-admitted sluts for Halloween, we're doing a special feature this month where each week we highlight a female entity from folklore in a segment we call Witch of the Week. It was a genius idea. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, This week's witch comes to us from Tejano and Mexican folklore, and she's a spooky one, La Lechuza. Okay, not to be confused with lechuga, which is lettuce. Not the same thing. No, totally different. La Lechuza was a witch who was murdered for being a witch. For vengeance, so wrong. She came back after death as a shapeshifter who looks like a witch during the day and a huge owl with a woman's face at night when she would hunt. And what does she hunt? People! People! <laughs> to lure her prey, she masks her voice to make it sound like a baby's and would wait to pounce on you and swoop you away. You know what? I feel like I got this as an email forward <laughs> in 1999. <laughs> that was like, don't open the door if you hear a baby crying. Because it's, it's a... It's a human tra- witch. It, it was it was a human trafficker in the email forward, but now it's a it's a mythical witch. Um, but here, don't worry. Uh, there are ways to get her away, but it's not shooting. Uh, if you try to shoot her, she'd kill you first. That's amazing because that means she's a real witch because she knows you're going to try to shoot her. Yeah, exactly. Well, the only thing that stops a bad guy that is a witch is a good guy that is a witch. <laughs> uh, if you dream about her, that means a family member of yours might die. Seeing her indicates something dangerous to come. You can drive a lechuza away with salt. What? Yeah. It's the best spice. Yeah, I know, but like death or seasoning. I mean, she's kind of a slug. Well, okay. (laughs) Get a slug with salt, too. Or you can try screaming at her. um, But most people don't survive interacting with her. I had a boss like that once. (laughs) Guys, it's been a rough year. It's going to get rougher, and you deserve a little treat for not going insane yet. You could head to the local tiki bar and tell the bartender, do your worst. But we have a better idea for you, which is pick out something from the Crooked store. The store is stocked with tons of new merch. It's perfect for the spring. And classics like the friend of the pod tees that you'll be wearing long after the next administration or the next fascist dictatorship, depending on how things go. Pick up a new tee for the warm weather ahead, a mug that'll remind you to stay involved this election year, or a hat celebrating your favorite pod. Go to crooked.com slash store to shop. And welcome back. Now we are going to do a special live audience edition of Fight Club. But first, some housekeeping. Hysteria fans, there's a new drop at the Crooked Store just for you. What? Yes. Feel and look your pettiest in brand new designs. We even have something for the ultimate drama starters, babies. We've got baby gear, guys. And of course, if you wake up late every day to a wave of dread washing over you, we've got you covered. Can Old Navy say that? Definitely not. Check it out at crooked.com slash store. Okay, house has been kept. Okay, so Fight Club, if uh, longtime listeners probably know, is a controversial opinion that is weighed in by all of the panelists. So we have three Fight Club submissions from three different members of the live audience at SiriusXM today. And uh, Caroline, why don't you get us started? Okay, Katie B. 
Okay, I'm gonna come up and give a um, hand to Katie B. Hey, Katie B. <laughs> Katie, I'm gonna have you read your hot take if that's okay. Hi, my hot take is that being a fan of a bad sports team is better than being a fan of a dominant sports team. Yes, yes. Wow. It shows loyalty. You want to talk about wife guys sticking with the Indiana Pacers who have never won anything and they start today. Who's on their team? I don't even know, but I love them. And if any of them needed an organ, I would give it to them for the hope of winning. Katie B, I love you. Okay. Counterpoint, Megan. Counterpoint, Megan. Uh, rewarding mediocrity is why the Chicago Cubs are so obnoxious and why their fans are so obnoxious Whoa. and had, have been obnoxious forever. I was relieved when they won the when they won the World Series in 2016, even though they uh, set off a chain of events that led to Donald Trump being elected president. <laughs> That's true. Um, I was relieved true. because I was like, shut the fuck up, you assholes. I'm tired of like, like Wrigley Field uh, selling out every single week is ridiculous. It rewards mediocrity. I think that like cheering for a mediocre sports team is one thing, uh, but cheering for a shitty sports team and just buying all their, they, what what incentive do they have to be better? <laughs> but what see, incentive I literally have, have an entire okay. wardrobe of Wisconsin Badger here. Yes. But they're not bad. They're, they're never kind of, they're they like the they, Phil Mickelson of, they're like the yes. Phil Mickelson of college they're, football. They get so close. Every time they get to the Rose Bowl and then they choke. Yeah, but that's not mediocrity. That's it is not a like, little. OK, no, I'm just kidding. I love you, Badgers. See, that's the whole yeah, question. Yes, I love you. Yes, I won't case, say anything bad about you. Case and point. Yes. <laughs> Sick people. <laughs> who who would rather be sad and angry all the time <laughs> than like then be a fair know, weather friend yes and but, cheer no you don't have to be a you just like switch teams and you just become you know you just become fan of the good team now that's <laughs> cheating you're aligning that's cheating but like Julissa what about like the thing I will say is when a <laughs> when a loser sports team then wins like I'm thinking about in like I'm thinking about in England like when it's the World Cup and the entire country is like bated breath when they're like going to the quarterfinals or whatever it is and you can feel you can palpably feel it all over the country very exciting and like and then the headlines if they fuck up versus not you know and somebody would stab them in the leg you know <laughs> for doing something incorrect I mean there's something that level of magic or Boston when Boston wins something the level of fuck Boston I'm but sorry. The level of- <laughs> wow you know what you can feel I, that same I had I you know what so I have tough. a lot of friends from Boston. Some friends have gone to college in the Boston area. Okay. Um, Cambridge. Well, but Cambridge. then we're also but then we're also talking about like so the Red Sox won and they had to change the end of fever pitch, so that was very exciting. But the Patriots I won all the time. Movie. Yeah. Like the Cubs, it's like the the Chicago like Bulls won all the so it's these cities that then get greedy and it's like you've got something. Mm-hmm. You Spray know out. I feel the same way. Yes. It's like once here's where I get a little fair weather friendy. If you've won Let's move on. Let's spread the joy. Yes. Okay. That's why I was cheering for the Padres in this last. Well, what the fuck? Aaron! <laughs> I, I want to see. Okay. I grew up a Twins fan and I love it when a small market team like 
perseveres. And also, like, I hate fireworks. I have a baby. And if the if the Dodgers would have won that series, it would have been fireworks for days in my neighborhood. I live in South L.A. where there are fireworks on a random yeah. Wednesday night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. No, I just, I, you know what? I'll be cheering for the Padres moving, moving um, forward into this series. Who do you, who do you like? Gotcha. And on Sunday they lost, but they almost beat the best team. Yeah. League, and so it was like a huge. Celebration. You were still proud. Yeah. Yeah. You were. I'm for it. That's okay. Like let's that. let's go on to that. Was a good fight. That yeah. was a good fight club. Good fight. Good I'm fight gonna club. fight you later about You're the right. I, know. I am too. San Diego. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time they won anything? It's like the Pittsburgh Pirates winning something. You're like, oh, that's so cute. Oh. Who cares? You live in Los Angeles. <laughs> Okay, so the last one is Jenna, who had to write on the back because they had so much of an opinion. Jenna. Oh, there's okay. Jenna. Yes. Hey, give it up for Jenna. Yay. Woo! So I think the word allergy means too many different things, and we really mm. need to diversify our language around the word allergy because that quote-unquote allergy can result in a sniffy nose, a la hay fever, or death, a la a nut allergy. And I just think the word is so broad that it's lost its meaning such that people don't take it seriously. Like, I see so many waiters not take my friends with deathly nut allergies seriously, and I hate that. Hmm. Okay. I mean, that's correct. Like, I'm <laughs> not going to fight I you. I think that's right. Well, what should I mean, the new word be? Well, I think that people should say, I don't like garlic, not I have a garlic allergy. I'm not speaking about anybody that I know. Um, you should. It's like people just use the word to make sure that they get what they want or don't get what they don't want. And so I think you're right. I agree with you. People need we need a new word. People also need to just be honest about how they feel about cats. <laughs> Jaleesa, not- amen. They're not allergic. They're just scared. Like, bitch. You were at my house last week and you were fine. Yeah. And all of a sudden, hey, I don't know if I can come over tonight because, you know, I'm allergic to cats. No, my cat like, hates you. No, you were not. <laughs> my cat didn't even like you. Like, just be honest. Just say, you know, I got caught up. I got new plants. I feel like people use I have allergy to cats when they don't want to drive over to my house. <laughs> Karen, you're nodding. What do you what do you want to add? I mean, it's hard to say to somebody, I don't like your dog. Like you can't say, see, listen to the crowd. That was like people are like, you don't Not like Not a popular your... opinion, Karen. Yeah, you don't like but I don't like some people's I like dogs are like people, right? It's like some of them are cool and some of them are dicks. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> if you have a dog that's a dick and hasn't been trained and has long nails and is going to scratch me every time I come over and jump on me, doesn't realize it's 55 to 60 pounds. That's not a fun time for me. So you're going to say you have an allergy to dogs? I mean, I do have an allergy to dogs, but I might might weaponize the allergy to dogs in that moment. You know, I, I think the thing that's interesting about what you said is the blanketness of like it applies to food, it applies to dander, it applies to like the shit on your pillow, like it's right. all of it. Like I, I did one of those allergy tests, and then they said, you know, you're allergic, allergic to, to all nothing. Kinds of bullshit. No, it's shocking. I know I seem, you know, Perfect. constitution of steel. Totally um, immune system, <laughs> killing it. No. But I, but I was like, oh, my God, I'm just like sleeping in poison is what I realized, which I thought was <laughs> hilarious. Um, and so 
maybe a little bit of delineation between the food stuff versus the like dust shit yes. versus the nature shit versus the animal shit versus like the shit that can kill you versus the stuff that makes you need a tissue. Well, what if we word it like preference? Uh, yeah, preference, but also there there are people who can get like minor allergic reactions to things like um ragweed. If I breathe in ragweed pollen, I'm like, "Oh, this is unpleasant, but I'm not going to like die." So I think that it should be maybe I uh I get hay fever. We could bring back that old-timey term. I love the old-timey hay fever. Hay fever, uh the sniffles. I get the sniffles. Um, I get or, stuffy. Yeah. Or we could like amp up the allergy language when we're talking about things that could kill us saying nuts are poisonous to me. Yes. Or my yes. husband is anaphylactic to all seafood and I am very dramatic and he is not. And so I'm like, he will die. But it's like, I honestly now think that we need to ramp up the United States educational system because sometimes they say anaphylactic and people are like, okay. Uh, and it's like, no, if you fry a shrimp in the oil that you fry a fry, I'm a widow. Okay, so <laughs> let's get it the fuck together on the vocab. <laughs> All right. I feel like that was more of a, a conference than a fight. Well, that's our show, guys. Uh, thank you so much to Megan Gailey, Jaleesa Arce, Kieran Deal, the future mayor of L.A., Karen Bass, my ride or die, Alyssa <laughs> Mastromonaco. And all of you here in the audience uh, and all of you listening at home. Thank you. We will see you next week. Yes. Hysteria is a Crooked Media production. Caroline Rustin is our senior producer. Our executive producer is me, Aaron Ryan. Alyssa Mastromonaco is our co-producer. And Fiona Pastana is our associate producer. Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis are the sound engineers. And our editor is Sarah Gibolaska and the folks at Chapter 4. Thank you to our digital team, Nar Melkonian, Mia Kelman, Milo Kim, and Matt DeGroote. 